Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Hello, Kindle. And hello, world. Hey, world. How's it going? Welcome to Sisters Talk Brothers, where two real-life sisters discuss all that the Winchester do, family style. Also, we're not experts. We are sisters. That indeed we are. So understand that when we fuck up, it's because we are sisters, not professionals. <laughs> That's how the sister do. That that is that is exactly how the sister do. Mm-hmm. Sister. Sister. Ask me henceforth what I am drinking. Henceforth, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking my version of a coconut rum martini. Nice. You were telling me about that. Yes, a few episodes ago. I have majority coconut rum with a splash of pineapple juice, a twist of lime. And for extra funsies, I'm letting a couple pineapple chunks just float around in there to soak up all the good alcohol. So after I'm done with the drink, I can nom 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 and have alcohol pineapple. It is so good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy for you to be enjoying that. It's quite delicious. I think it's a beverage you would enjoy. But Hannah, this beverage right here puts me in a mindset of rolling waves. Sand irritating my toes, noisy birds pooing on everything, and stealing your chips. <laughs> so a day at the beach. A day at the beach, yes, yes. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. And it makes me think the boys have not been to the beach. They have not. They should. But when I think of Supernatural, I think, especially in this first season, I think of the gray filter they put on everything. And it makes me imagine that a supernatural day at the beach would look like an episode of that show we watched. Ah, uh, The Wide House of Worship. Ah, Broadchurch. Yes. <laughs> Just gray, cold, unhappy beach. Yeah. I don't want that for our boys. No. I just can't imagine our boys in sunshine. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> just try. Let us try. Let us, let us try. Let us try. Let us try. I'm going to take a sip of my drink. Oh, I know. Mm, lime, pineapples, coconuts. All right. I'm in the mindset. I know, what, I know what Dean is doing. What is Dean doing? He's making sandcastles. And, and Sam is sunbathing. Sam is sunbathing while reading a Stephen Hawking's book. Yeah. Yeah. Dean is building a sandcastle. He's teaching Cass the mechanics of building a sandcastle. And Cass just immediately surpasses him. But they work together, and it's beautiful. And meanwhile, Dean is drinking a Corona Rita. Like, I can just imagine them going over the logistics of moats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and why moats are there. Oh, but Cass is a soldier. He's led armies. He's all about that defense. 
<laughs> he starts he starts wondering about air assaults and how they're going to protect their castle from air assaults. <laughs> I feel like Dean would want the moat just because that's that's classic castle, mm-hmm. right? And Castiel would be like, no, that's actually counterproductive if you consider this and this. (laughs) (laughs) You're not thinking about the catapults, Dean. (laughs) You have not considered this aspect of warfare. (laughs) And alligators are not the great pets you think they will be. (laughs) They're just ornery. Just ornery. Now... You would have to convince them to get to the beach in the first place. Yeah. So there would have to be a case at the beach. It would It would have to be. They could finally fight the water race. <laughs> Just throwing sand at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just really hard to imagine the three of them. Bright light, no filters, fun pop CW music playing behind. <laughs> Their seaside antics. Ooh, Sammy could finally show them his skills with yachts. Yes, I was just thinking, like, Sam showing them how to sail a boat. Oh, and Sam would totally have Castiel up at dawn to do yoga on the beach. Yes! All right, season 15. I want this episode. (laughs) I just want a happy episode. No furthering of the plot. No developments. The boys go to the beach. Just a day at the beach. The gang goes to the beach. (sighs) We have the opposite of beaches in this episode. Yeah. It's gray, rainy, overcast, in a field that is landlocked. I don't think there is even a pond in this episode. A landlocked field, Kendall? A landlocked field. Yes. Okay. Thanks. How would you describe it? I wouldn't. I just, <laughs> I wouldn't try. So let's get into, unless you have anything else you want to say about a day at the beach. <sighs> Casket's sunburn. Oh, and he's just baffled. <laughs> this is, I did not defend myself from the radiation. Ooh, ooh. So, like, he gets a sunburn on the first day, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, Dean has to help him out from then on. It's like, his sunburn heals a bit, and then the next time they want to go out, he's like, nah, you gotta get entirely covered <laughs> with sunscreen. And he, like, he gets his back. Oh, man. I thought you were taking that in a different direction. All I could think was, back in the hotel room, Dean is applying aloe everywhere. <laughs> Ooh, that too. <laughs> Okay, all right. That's that's all I got to say about the beach. (laughs) That's all there is to say about the beach. So let's get into season one, episode 12. Which means there's 10 more episodes this season. Holy shit, we're over halfway through the season. Yes. Oh my god, time flies. Time flies when you're having faith. So we might not have had a recap last episode, but it's all right. They brought it back. Same old boring recap. Nothing has changed. We didn't even expand it to tease at the new plot lines they're introducing. Like Meg, what's up with her? Or, (laughs) hey, our dad is off hunting a demon and we're left behind. Nope. Nope, nothing. Just some bullshit. We watched the boys roll up in their Impala. Outside a dilapidated old house. They're planning to electrocute something with some really souped-up tasers. They go into this house. They find some kids in the basement. Don't know why they're there. They start running up the stairs with the kids. 
Sam gets grabbed from underneath through the stair slats. Dean. <laughs> the, the slats in yeah. the stairs. The steps? Stair slats. The stair slats. <laughs> Dean shoots it with a taser and stays behind while Sam gets the kids to safety. It's all action, action, action. Dean and the monster face off. Dean gets knocked down into a puddle because the basement has been flooded for some reason. Because remember, it's dilapidated. Yeah. And he shoots the monster again with the taser and electrocutes it while they're both in the water and gets electrocuted himself. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Sam comes down and is like, Dean! But Dean is dead. So it's 3,000 volts for a raw head, which is what they were hunting. A raw head. Oh, I thought it was a raw hide. <laughs> raw hide. What the fuck is a raw head? Well, that's that. I was gonna get into that a little bit because I was gonna ask you. Is it if, called a raw head because its head looks like a bunch of raw meat? I don't know. I was going to ask you if Mammy ever told you the story of raw head and bloody bones. No. <gasps> oh. Well, don't get too excited because <laughs> she didn't tell me. Aww. <laughs> I didn't want to know. She told our brother Zach, and all I was aware of was that supposedly Rawhead and Bloody Bones lived under that great thing in the den that's under the couch at our mom's house. Uh-huh. So that that was scary. She made up a spooky story about monsters that live underneath our house? Yeah, Rawhead and Bloody Bones. She never told me the story, just that they were down there, so I had Man, to be good. I miss just hearing stories from that woman. So many stories. Just sit on the porch, getting all the stories. All the gossip about the neighborhood. So good. Alright, so this Rawhead, I guess it is. All I could see online was it eats kids, maybe? It's killed by electricity, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it, it kidnaps children and takes them back to its lair. In in this, he's living in a dilapidated house, but sometimes they like canyons or Whoa. caves. Slow down. This is a real... Mine shafts. This is a real monster thing? No, I'm going off of a fanfic where they were really into their lore. Oh, because the Supernatural Wiki was very vague about all of this because this is the... Only time we see whatever the fuck this is. Anyways. There you go. That's all I got. They didn't kill the kids. They killed the raw head. They got the kids out. Yay, everybody's happy, except for Dean, who is dead. Supposedly. He's seemingly dead. They cut to a scene at a hospital. Sam is getting some good insurance fraud practice with the future angel, Hannah. I don't like her. As I don't like the angel, Hannah. You just don't like women. You just don't like women. That's all there is. <laughs> I love women. I love women. Very much. But no, I didn't like the character Hannah, the angel. Oh, yeah, I didn't sure. particularly care for her. But this this woman is fine. She's just playing a nurse and she's doing her job. But in future seasons, she will be possessed by the angel Hannah and get a, 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 a die job. Yes. Sam informs the cops of what went down. Vaguely, vaguely, in, in in his in his lying way, as they need to do, uh, before learning from the doctor that Dean's heart attack is so bad he's gonna die in a couple of weeks or a month tops, which is like, huh. I wanted to keep that in mind because 
there's three days between the hospital and the motel scene. Mm -hmm. And then we got to figure another day for driving. So that's four days. So when this case actually starts, Dean has maybe a week left to live. Gosh. Yeah. And he'd rather spend it with Sam than in a hospital. Well, duh. Being alone in a hospital sucks. I mean, yeah. I'd rather spend it with a hobo down the street than with just a bunch of nurses who are in and out. In the hospital room, Dean has some gallows humor, as if he's accepted his fate, and asks Sam to do the same, but Sam refuses and begins his first ever desperate hunt for a way to save Dean's life. And I'm not a doctor. I mean, I know I wear scrubs to work every day, but I'm not a doctor or a nurse. I know people die from heart attacks, but I also know that when there's heart damage, people can get heart transplants. And I feel like he's a relatively healthy guy that he would be a prime candidate for a heart transplant. Well, except for the fact that he's poor and... They had insurance, though. Fake insurance. Fake insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, and I know what it is. Tell me. It's supernatural. Thank you. (laughs) His heart was supernaturally damaged. And I love that Dean said that he wanted to hunt the snuggle bear because in later episodes he is in fact hunting a giant teddy bear. True. True. I just love that he was just speaking of ornery. He was just ornery. <laughs> he was just mad at daytime TV. I found that kind of odd because we've already established that Dean has watched a lot of TV in his life. Oh yeah. And presumably a lot of daytime TV. So is he just doing his macho act of, uh, daytime TV is so terrible, while he secretly loves it? Or is he honestly looking back at his life and how much time he's wasted watching daytime TV and is kind of upset at the hand he has been dealt in life? I I think it's that one because, yes, he loves TV. This is the last of it, and there's nothing good on. Good point. I hadn't thought of that. He only has a few days left to watch some good TV, and he wants to watch some, like, cheesy horror films or some westerns. (sighs) What was his favorite movie of? Porky's 5 or something? I don't know. He watched a lot of weird things. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie. Also, in his jokey jokes with Sam, he offers up burial as a possibility? As an option for what to do with his body after death? Eh. Eh. They they clean up their hunter lore. (laughs) Have they not learned about hunter funerals? (laughs) They need to work on their cop lore, their hunter lore, their wraith lore. (laughs) Their third world lore. They they know nothing. They just baby hunter. Little babies. Little babies. Alright. But Sam is like, I'm not giving up. I will save you, brother. (laughs) So since Sam is not giving up... We cut him in the motel room, surrounded by research, calling John futilely on the phone, leaving messages with updates about Dean. Dean shows up at the hotel room, clearly struggling. Sam lets him know that he heard through one of John's contacts, Joshua, about this guy in Nebraska. So, they're hitting the road, I guess? Because I would assume they're not in Nebraska right now. Didn't we talk about Nebraska last episode? Yes, that's where all the underground people live, in those big plains of nothing. All those landlocked (sighs) plains of fields. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, in one of those fields where the underground people live, they show up and there is a big white top tent in the middle of this muddy field. And it's a church and Dean ain't thrilled at this prospect. Mm -mm. Thought you were taking me to a doctor. 
Sam is clearly desperate if he is willing to go to church <laughs> as a viable option to heal his brother. They debate the subject on the way, and people keep piping up with, but he's such a good person, he's done things before, blah, blah, blah. he's a fraud. This man is a fraud. And then Layla also interjects her opinion. Maybe God works in mysterious ways. And since she's pretty, Dean, and since Dean likes to flirt, he'll actually stop and talk to her. So they chat about, you know, the whole experience. They go inside. Sam insists they sit up front for a better chance of getting healed. Yes. While going in, they check out the cameras. They check out the crucifixes. This is a weird-ass fucking place. Pastor, a bland man. A bland man. <laughs> a bland man. <laughs> a bland man. <laughs> I mean, I mean. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> Pastor Roy. Pastor Roy Lagrange. Lagrange? Mm. He's a blind man. He comes up and he preaches about how he heals through the Lord. The Lord heals through him. The Lord just allows me to see into the heart so I know who to heal first. Dean makes a crass remark off the side that Layla hears and it pisses her off. But the pastor also hears and plays it for laughs. And then he calls Dean up to the stage, and Dean doesn't want to go. But after much cajoling from his brother, from the crowd, from the preacher, Dean's like, all right, fine, I'll go up to get healed, but I don't believe this is going to work. Yeah. And everyone raises their hands to pray. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And the pastor places his hand upon Dean's head. And Dean slowly is overcome by the power of Jesus. The Lord! The Lord is rushing through him! And he drops to his knees and passes out. Which is an emergency nap, we just learned. Off camera. <laughs> off camera. Off mic. <laughs> off mic, yes. There you go. And as Dean groggily opens his eyes, he sees the ugliest mofo lurking over the pastor's shoulder. I really like the hotel scene when Dean shows up because... This is where I say Sam does care about Dean. He cares so freaking much. Dean got electrocuted and had a heart attack. Not got his blood drained by a vamp or anything like that. No, electrocutions and heart attacks happen all the time, and it doesn't matter. Sam won't let him die. He investigates everything he has available to him. I saw a page on chakras in his research. Mm -hmm. He was looking into everything he had available to him. Because granted, this isn't bunker time. This is 2005. He <laughs> did everything. And and like I said, like he's like so against the supernatural and you would think that it, Well, I think that's is I think that's the theme of this episode is desperation. Desperation in the face of the death of a loved one. Yes. And I don't think it was ever in doubt that Sam loves Dean. Sam just doesn't need to be in Dean's everyday life. Sam doesn't need to lead the same life that Dean wants to lead. It doesn't mean he doesn't love his brother. He just needs right. a different way. I just I wanted to touch back on that because we kind of discussed, like, well, Dean definitely misses Sam, but does Sam miss Dean? Yeah. And I was saying, Sam doesn't need Dean around, but he needs him alive. At the very least, he wants him alive. You're right. I mean, once it's... he's dead, that's that's another story entirely. But he's yeah. Not... Once, once he's dead, Sam can moves on move on with his life. <laughs> but he can't he can't let his brother die. No, right. Can't do it. And I think that's an interesting point. A lot of people in this episode, in desperation to save their loved ones, go to extremes. Mm -hmm. And oh, I hadn't thought of that. Sam is faced with a very natural way of dying. Mm -hmm. 
and he, despite all of his distaste for the supernatural, in his desperation to do anything he can think of to save his brother's life, he's going to delve into the supernatural to see what he can do. Yes. Much like Sue Ann. Much like Sue Ann. Even though she did not know anything about the supernatural. And she went a bit more extreme. A little bit more extreme. I had a few things to say about the scene. One, the lady playing Layla looks so familiar to me. And that's because she's the girlfriend in Dexter. <laughs> yes. Yes, she is. Her name is Julie Benz. And I think she is just fantastic. People who care about these things care more that she apparently was in Buffy. But I've never watched Buffy. So... Yeah, I saw a season. I I tried to watch Buffy, but it was a I watched it too late. That makes sense. Yeah, it would have been it would have been different if I had watched it as it was coming out. Mm -hmm. Now it's a little too dated for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't get into it now. I love when they were coming into the tent and Dean's being all skeptic about everything, and D Sam's just like, "Come on, Dean, give it a chance." It that that broke my heart. Because it's, it's not even funny. It's Sam so freaking desperate. <laughs> like, I'm willing to give anything a try right now. I will take you to see shamans and have them feed you noxious shit that will make you trip balls. If it means it will heal your heart. <laughs> well, like, not really making fun of it, but it just kind of made me think of your introduction to Supernatural. Poking holes everywhere and being skeptic and me just being like, come on, give it a chance. <laughs> it's really good. You sound like Mickey Mouse there. Come on, guys. <laughs> Give it a chance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did think it was interesting that Dean was so adamant. Like, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in that. I haven't seen it. And he stays so fucking true to that. He doesn't believe any of that shit until there's literally an angel at his doorstep. <laughs> oh, yeah. And even once there's angels in his lives, he's still like, I don't think there's actually a god until he literally meets God. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So this yes. is very true to his character. He doesn't believe it till he sees it. Mm -hmm. When Dean is being preyed upon by the pastor, Sam doesn't pray. Mm -mm. <laughs> Do you notice that? Even though this is what he is believing in and hoping in and trying to have faith in, he doesn't pray. And I thought that was, uh, like, if this hadn't worked... If Dean hadn't gotten healed, what part of Sam would have been like, shit, if I had only prayed? Yeah, he probably would have. And we don't know yet what this thing is that Dean saw, but damn, why is this dude so ugly? <laughs> we never see any this ugly ever again. That's true. That's true. I feel like this is one of the... the he's he's a veteran reaper. He's <laughs> so business-like. And other ones we meet, they're like... Yeah, I'm deaf. What's up? <laughs> and this guy, he won't even talk to you. Nah. He looks like a fucked up Odo from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah. So they go back to the hospital to get checked out. And Dean Hart... <laughs> Dean Hart. Dean Hart. <laughs> Dean's heart is A-OK. -okay, because why wouldn't it be? He's... <laughs> Dean Hart. <laughs> they may take our lives. But they will never take our freedom! Yeah. That's the only speech he knows. <laughs> Just go with it. And why wouldn't his heart be A-OK? -okay? He's young and athletic. Strange, though, someone just like him did die of a heart attack. So, Doc guesses it does happen sometimes. Very nice of the doctor to just, like, philosophize like that. <laughs> Yeah, 
I guess people just die sometimes. <laughs> it Nothing just you happens. can do about it. <laughs> Dean is not happy with this coincidence. And Sam just wants to accept it without questions and move on because he's desperate for this, for him to be okay. They argue. Dean saying he saw something and felt weird, and Sam saying, I'm basically supernatural now, and I didn't see anything. (laughs) (laughs) They've switched positions, where Dean is asking Sam to have some faith in that this is not a simple matter of people being healed by God. And he's got a point. Yeah. I can't understand where Sam is coming from, just because Dean is so... I don't deserve this, yeah, and I don't want to accept this because I don't deserve it, that Sam could be seeing this as just Dean deflecting, you know? Yeah. But Dean does have pretty good instincts, and I mean, he would know if the healing went wonky. Like, it happened to me, I know. Mm -hmm. He's like, it wasn't all warm and fuzzies, it was cold and weird and fucked up. Yeah. I do like how it's not faith in God. He's asking Sam to have faith in Dean. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they only have each other. That's a theme. I didn't mark it down. But I feel like that is a theme going forward. Man, especially in the latest season. It's like, I don't believe in this or this or this, but I do believe in us. And our ability to come through everything. Because we've been through like six apocalypses so far. (laughs) Yes. We've died about ten times each, and we're still here standing. So I believe in us. That's my religion. Sam and Dean. Winchester religion. (laughs) The Winchester gospel. I did do some research for one of the monster episodes, and I came across a religion called heathenry. Heathenry? Heathenry. Heathenry, yeah. All right. I think it'd be fun to have a Winchestery, because apparently you can just make- Hey, I would join it. You can just make religions now. (laughs) It's just cool. Now that Dean is healed, he wants to know why. So, (laughs) he goes to visit the pastor. And he learns that Mr. Pastor Man was dying of cancer once upon a time, went into a coma, and then woke up miraculously cured and able to heal other people, supposedly all because of him and his wife praying, as far as he knows. Uh, His wife, Sue Ann, is very thrilled at the swelling flock. Oh yeah, and and the more to come. The more to come. She very much strikes me as that person whom... Who loves the attention and loves the power and is more thrilled at the idea of having so many people under her sway than she is at her ability to do good in the world. Oh, absolutely. She's evil. Especially considering that this flock she doth speak of is mostly people who just want to come get healed and once they're healed are going to fuck off. Because later in the episode, or later in this very scene, Layla's mom turns to Dean and is like, why are you even fucking here? You got what you wanted, you got healed. Just go fuck off, whatever. Yeah. Dean ends this whole conversation by asking, why me? And in this beautiful bit of little foreshadowing, Pastor says he saw a heart of a young man with important and unfinished business. And ain't that the truth? Yes. I didn't pick you, Dean. The Lord did. And that's possibly very true, considering how many times the Winchester's lives are saved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that contact Joshua might have been like the prophet Joshua giving a call to Sam saying, Hey, <laughs> go check yeah. out this reaper sitch down there. <laughs> sure, this innocent young man Marshall has to die, but you know, price is paid, whatever. You know. Prevent the apocalypse, what's one man's life? It's only murder if they know about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
as Dean leaves the house, he comes across Layla and her mom coming by for a visit. They're turned away because Pastor got to take his nap. He's resting now. And the mom gets very upset because in her mind, they have been the most loyal of the congregation. They've come to all the meetings. They've given all the hugs. They've donated all the money. And he keeps picking Other these newbies, you know, who don't even fucking believe. And we've been the best. We are number one. We should get the reward. I mean, she's very rude. Very, very rude. Mm-hmm. But I can sympathize because she is just as desperate as Sam is. Oh, exactly. She's, you kind of want to hate her in the moment because we're supposed to be on Dean's side. But Dean's not fighting any of this. Dean understands this is a mother yeah. who is desperate to save her baby girl. And she just wants to know, why can't my daughter be saved? The last thing she asks before leaving is, why do you deserve to live more than my daughter? Which strikes at the very heart of Dean and his insecurities, that he doesn't deserve to live above anybody else. Do you think that it wasn't taught to him intentionally, but in John's emphasis of Sam throughout all of Dean's childhood, it taught Dean that he always comes second? Yes. So even when it's not Sam, when it's other people, Dean comes second. It almost reminds me, or no, it not almost, it does remind me of the way women are raised in our society. Yes. Where we're taught to put other people first. Because I could see myself in Dean's, in Dean's situation being called to come to the stage and like, oh, no, 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 no. But send someone else up first. Yeah. Dean has been raised to a quote-unquote female role. Yeah, he's the mom. He's the mom. So yeah, he definitely doesn't feel like he deserves to be living and healthy while Layla has a death sentence hovering over her head. I thought it was funny when she tells Dean about her sickness. Like, she she doesn't even say it. Her mom says it. But she's like, Layla, Layla says, I have this thing. And then her mom's like, it's a brain tumor. And I was just thinking, I was just thinking, like, what if I started telling people about my diabetes like that? I was like... I have this thing. Have this thing. And her mom is almost like a soccer, like a proud athlete's mom. Like, oh, honey, don't play it down. She has a tumor. <laughs> a brain tumor. She has a brain tumor. It's inoperable. It's like the most serious of the cancers, okay? It's in the brain. If there was a gold medal for cancers, my girl would have it. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, I really appreciated Layla also doing the whole, like, I don't deserve it more than others. You know, like, I'm sick, but so is everybody else. I just have a thing. Yeah. But I also appreciate that Layla, even though she has a thing and everybody has a thing, she's still not going to miss her chance to be healed if she can. When they're walking up to the pastor's house, it's not the mom leading the way. Layla's the one first at the steps. hmm So she is also pursuing her healing, if not more than, than as fervently as her mother is. Yes, absolutely. At the gym... Uh, Sam talks to a man who was present when the other healthy guy, whom we learn is named Marshall. Yeah, I saw it in a deleted scene. That was a terrible scene. I'm glad they cut it out. Oh, they show him dying in the deleted scene? Yeah, he was running and freaking out, and he runs into that man at the stairs, and, uh, he's like, Do you see that? Do you see that? Oh, that's sad they had to cut that out. That would have been really cool. I understand why they did. It was too much? It was kind of cheesy. Oh, okay. Well, also, I like that up until this moment, you're kind of on Sam's side of, why is Dean questioning this so hard? <laughs> yeah, in, in the deleted scene, they showed it happening in tandem with 
Dean getting healed. Yeah. I, I like that they saved that for the second time because it really punched it up to see it happen as they're figuring it out. I agree with them cutting it out. Uh, so Sam's talking to the man who was present when Marshall died, and he lets us know that Marshall is saying, somebody's chasing me, and the guy's like, but it was just air, there was nothing there. So Sam's like, okay, cool, thanks, whatever, bye. I learned nothing, this doesn't help. But the clock! But <gasps> Sam freakishly notices the clock isn't working, and he's kind enough to let the no man know, like, hey, you know your clock stopped, right? That's the same time my brother didn't die. <laughs> yes, and he learned it stopped working at exactly the time when Marshall died. Do we ever see Reapers affect clocks again? Not that I can think of. I feel like, yes, we see them affect time in roundabout ways. I think Tessa may have froze time a bit when Dean was a Reaper in training. Yeah. This makes me think, even in this episode, they didn't use that to... It's full effect. Or advantage. Like, the Reaper could have used that to his advantage, like, hardcore. Yeah, the Reaper could freeze time and stop all these people from running away from him. <laughs> oh, all these idiots think they can outrun death. Stupid. They meet back up at the motel. Sam immediately and begrudgingly apologizes. Dean was right. Marshall Hall died so Dean could live. Sam has cross-referenced all the people Pastor Lagrange has healed with local obituaries for every person healed, and another person died of exactly what they were healed from. Of. Healed of. Healed from? Yeah. As they talk, we see a woman jogging through the woods and the pastor healing an old guy on the stage. As the congregation prays, the reaper chases the woman down and kills her with just a touch, transferring her life to the old guy on stage. Dean summarizes that only one thing can give and take life like that. So, it's time to... Name that monster! Our monster is a Reaper! Since we will encounter Reapers several times throughout the series, I will do a brief overview and then look at one region's perception of a Reaper. Because death is such a major part of human life and culture, it has become personified across many mythologies. In its human-like form, it chases down its victims to ferry them into the afterlife. Since death can approach, it may be tricked or hidden from, according to some myths, just as our people try to run away from, and just as Sue Ann tries to control and trick. Now let's look at the Middle East. In ancient Middle Eastern myths, death went by the name Mot, which I believe is how we pronounce it. Mot translates literally to, you guessed it, death. And this deity was revered by the Phoenicians and the ancient Hebrews. From what I can understand, Moat is hungry and devours all it can. Like, I'm gonna kill you. Hence death. There is a thought that the Jewish tradition of Passover is related to the legend of Moat and how he ate the god of rain like a lamb. Because Passover takes place at the end of the rainy season and lamb is the traditional meal. Mm. So the thought is that in taking part in the death of the rain god, they can hold off the rain in spring that would kill their crops. So, interesting. no one can say for sure if Passover is related to the legend that once upon a time, the god of death ate the god of rain. <laughs> but <laughs> there is that possibility. And so that's one look 
at Reaper Mythology. And so concludes, name that monster. I'm starting to think that I should invest in the DVDs. Oh, how come? Because, Hannah, I was watching the Reaper chase down our jogger in the woods, and I was waiting for the sweet refrain of Don't Fear the Reaper to come chiming in. I didn't get it! I didn't get any Fear the Reaper! I feel like I'm not getting a supernatural experience. Don't get a suit, Hannah. You're playing too much. <sighs> and it it's just a little heartbreaking. The music in this show is so intentional. And now I'm just getting all this bullshit music. It's good music. It's just not the music. I've enjoyed what I've heard. I just, it's, it's not the music. And that one song in Skin was pretty choice. That was, okay. I'll continue watching the Netflix version. Just know that I'm very upset. I'm not even gonna lie. I... <laughs> I paused Netflix and I went to YouTube and I watched the whole scene over again with the right music. I'm glad. Ah, oh, makes me so sad. Real quick. Dean says they never should have come here because he's pissed that Marshall died so he could live. I argue if they had never come here, this whole situation would have gone on unchecked. So. Oh yeah. It's good that they came here and the Reaper draining life special effects are really good. But most importantly, I didn't get to hear the song because Netflix is a boo-boo head. Oh. <laughs> no, don't don't bash on them too much because, you know, maybe maybe we can sponsor Maybe one them. day they'll sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, right. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sam and Dean, they are researching Reapers, wondering how Pastor Lagrange could have controlled them. Sam recognizes a special kind of cross that was on the altar at the service. He whips out his deck of tarot cards that we all know he carries around with him. <laughs> <laughs> so Just dumb. Pulls out a random tarot card. So dumb. <sighs> and he suggests that someone is using the ancient priest black necromantic magic to bind the reaper. They argue about how to solve this because you can't kill death. Ha 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 ha. And Sam refuses to kill a human being. <laughs> Double ha. <laughs> ha. Ha ha. <laughs> they're so sweet and innocent in season one, they're not going to kill even a bad human. Little baby boys don't know nothing. <laughs> the only solution is to break the binding spell. So they head back to the church. Sam goes to investigate the house while Dean tries to stall the service. Sam searches along the disgustingly dusty bookshelf with only one clean spot to indicate that one book was being used. And wouldn't you know, it's the book about old priest magic. And hidden behind it is a smaller, older book with all the notes and newspaper clippings of people being targeted, namely the gays, abortionists, disbelievers. There's been a protester handing out leaflets at every service, and Sam is sure he's going to be the next one to go. I agree with him. I think he's right. <laughs> I, 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 also, I also think he's right. Also, do you think because her husband is blind, she thinks she doesn't need to clean the inch of dust that's collected? Around her house? Yes, she gave up on housekeeping after he went blind. Oh, that was a sickening amount of dust. Especially when you consider that dust is mainly skin flakes. Ugh. Ugh. I wanted to know what those stickers on my Sam's laptop were. I did not even notice those. Yep, there's stickers on his laptop. And I'm like, oh, 
what is what's he into? I only have one sticker on my laptop, and it came from a party game called Who's Most Likely To? And the sticker says, drunk, stoned, or stupid. All and three. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dean's got to stop these dang healings before somebody else dies. And wouldn't you know it, the next person called is, drumroll please, da 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 Layla. That's so sad. I know. The one person Dean has made an emotional connection to. <laughs> <laughs> Dean tries to quietly talk her out of it, but he's not able to actually explain anything, so he's unable to convince her. Yeah. Outside, Sam hears the protester man screaming, help, as the prayer for Layla begins. Sam tries to help him escape, tries to run away from death, as Dean calls fire to get everyone to evacuate the tent. So the pastor stops praying, and Dean's like, cool, sweet, it's called off. Hey, Sam, pastor's done praying, so protester is safe. Yeah. And Sam's like, sweet, cool, hey, Mr. Protester Man, you're all good. Except the protester's like, uh, no, fuck you, and starts dying. So Sam concludes that the pastor must not be the one controlling the reaper. So Dean looks around the tent, and whom does he see but Sue Ann, that pastor's wife, still just obliviously chanting away despite the evacuation. <laughs> she just, she's hyper-focused. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like spell work, so that's kind of witchy. Very witchy. Dean stops her chanting, and at that moment, the Reaper leaves the protester alone. Yay! Yay! Sue Ann cries, help! And just suddenly there's two officers out of nowhere. <laughs> There to escort Dean away. It's two episodes in a row now where Dean's been escorted out of town. <laughs> yeah. She wants to know, why would you do this to us, Dean, after the way we treated you? But she's not pressing charges, and they walk away. Layla confronts him, and he again tries to explain without actually being able to say anything. So, meh. <gasps> and she's like, meh. So, she's like, okay, fuck you, but I'll pray for you, but fuck you. And walks away. <sighs> On their way out, Sam and Dean overhear the pastor telling Layla's mom, We'll do a private show tonight. Wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. <laughs> he should have actually set the tent on fire. Yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> that would have solved so many things. <laughs> Like, why wouldn't... He has a lighter on him at all times. We've seen that when he salts and burns shit. I, just, I feel like he could have done anything else. Punch the fucking pastor. Like, that'll stop the service. <sighs> yeah. I didn't really buy into it. Back at the motel, we get a lot of exposition talk about how Sue Ann is controlling the Reaper, initially in desperation to protect her husband, later to attack people she saw as immoral. They decide to separate her from her necklace and destroy the magic altar she built... Because if you're not sure, cover all your bases. Which is so smart. I feel like three episodes ago, brothers would have been like, I think it's the altar. Let's put all of our focus into the altar. Yeah. And then later we're like, oh no, it was the necklace. <laughs> so they go to the pastor's house and Dean feels lots of guilt that he was healed instead of Layla, even though someone had to die for Dean to get healed. Nah. He doesn't feel bad about Marshall. He feels bad about Layla. <laughs> <laughs> At the tent, they see Lay Layla about to be healed, but no Sue Ann. Sam goes to the house while Dean distracts the two cops that they just always have on hand for services. And I need to point out here that <laughs> Dean gets their attention by saying, You want to put that fear of God in me? A reference to earlier, yeah. And, and 
Yeah, it was. But with all of your mentionings of bisexual Dean, <laughs> when he said, I had to listen to that twice. I was like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. put that fear of God in me. Oh. <laughs> and these two boys take him up on it. They're like, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Sam spots light coming from the cellar and heads there. He finds the altar there with Dean's picture, marking him as the next victim. Sue Ann comes out, confesses, and runs out as Sam knocks over the altar. She locks him in, explaining that she is the vehicle of God's will, and heads off to the service. Sam escapes as Dean is being approached by the Reaper. He doesn't even fight it. Sam gets to Sue Ann, just in time to destroy her necklace. The Reaper, very happy to be free kills his jailer. Layla and Pastor are very confused as to why nothing is happening. Dean is more athletic than we sometimes give him credit for, especially, you know, in season one at least, because when the the, the cops were coming around the Winnebago because the dog was barking, he just, he scales that freaking Winnebago in like no time at all. There are ladders on those things, but how did the cops not hear him scrambling up there? Yeah. Because the dog wasn't barking constantly. Also, who just keeps their dog locked up in the Winnebago? Isn't that nice? Yeah, they didn't even have a window cracked or nothing. A couple things I loved about this. I love that in their planning stage, Dean was hella sympathetic with Sue Ann. Because when Sam calls her evil, Dean's like, no, she was desperate. Just like you were when you got Marshall killed for me. <laughs> yeah. Just like you were when you killed a person to save my life. I didn't know. <laughs> um, I really wish that Layla could have been healed too. I felt bad for her. I do too. And I loved uh, the subtlety of this. At the beginning of the scene, Dean is feeling so guilty that he was healed and Layla wasn't. So when the Reaper's approaching him, he doesn't fight at all. He's like, yes, Mm -mm. give my life for Layla. She deserves to live more than I do. Even though I'm ostensibly having a greater impact on the world than she is, I don't think I deserve to live. So Yeah. I like that the Reaper (laughs) took Sue Ann. I like that Sam was just A-okay with Sue Ann dying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... She she got her just desserts. Mm-hmm. This Reaper, he just he likes to do his job. And he's been having to go off list and take people before their time. And he was really pissed about it. So I'm glad she got her just desserts. Well, it also ties back to what Sam said about chaining a Reaper. is like putting a dog leash on a great white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it gets off its leash. It's going to come back and bite you. Also, we don't see a lot of cellar doors these days. We've had two in a row. Oh, you mean in real life? Yeah, in, in real life. Kind of. Oh. Back at the motel, Dean is still torn up about whether or not they've done the right thing. He is feeling that I shouldn't be alive angst, which he will get over in about ten seasons. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, fairly, the first couple times he dies, he's he's appropriately angsty about I shouldn't be alive right now. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, though, they yeah, they give up that whole song and dance. Layla shows up because Sam called her to come talk to Dean and she essentially just tells him what happened last night from her perspective because she has no idea that they were there Mm -hmm. and he's really sad for her and sympathetic feeling like this is all the proof you need to give up on having faith but then she has a great little speech about what it really means to have faith you know you can't just have have faith when the miracles happen you have to have it when they don't exactly it's not faith if it's easy to see. 
because then it's just fact, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a really sweet little speech, and Dean recognizes what a snowflake she is. Yeah. And as she's leaving, Dean says he's going to pray for her. There's a miracle right there. And uh, sweet of Sam to lie to her, <laughs> to get her alone with his brother. And really savvy of Sam, too, that this isn't a romantic thing in any way. And I think I thought this was going to be romantic because that's usually how they play Dean. They usually play Dean for cheap. Mm-hmm. And this... This is really genuine. Yeah, this is genuine. And there's such a connection of, we were both dying, and I get to live and you don't, as far as we know. And that Sam recognized that he needed that closure with her. Yeah. It was just beautiful. I, I loved this relationship. And I love that they didn't even try to cheapen it with Dean and his super crass ways. Me too. And that's our episode. And Hannah? Yes. Pop that fucking champagne. Nobody learned about the supernatural. We did. Yay! We did. Woohoo! Yay! Sue Ann already knew. Sue Ann knew, and Sue Ann died. So, Sue Ann, Sue Ann, Sue Ann was the monster. Oh, I should have done her as the monster. <laughs> <laughs> the monster was with us all along. <laughs> Roy doesn't know about the supernatural. Mm-mm. Layla doesn't know about the supernatural. Mm-mm. Her mom doesn't know about the su- Nobody knows. Ugh. That protester. He, I don't he know, what, know he what happened. Yeah. <laughs> We don't follow up with him. Maybe he's now no longer thinking that this is a fake cult and that this is a real cult that is doing real things. <laughs> I I count this as a win. I count this as nobody learned about the supernatural. Oh yeah, total win. All right. With that, let's move on to themes. I have a theme of good brother Sam. Wow. Not only with him saving Dean, but also like you said, noticing the relationship with Layla and having them able to have a good goodbye. That was very good. They're very they're very good at giving goodbyes to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Related to that is trying to save your brother's life slash you should be dead. <laughs> this is the first time where one of them should definitely be dead. This should just be the Sam show from here on out. <laughs> I have a theme of religion. You know, I had also put, could religion be a theme? <laughs> Thank you. Thank I, don't, you. I don't know if it's a, because we, we do some, spend some time in churches. We do have a lot of angst about whether angels exist or not. Mm-hmm. How do we say it? We say Dean and faith is a theme. Yes. Dean is a believer or a non-believer is a theme. Uh, Reapers. That was my number three as well. <laughs> Definitely going to have a lot of Reapers coming up. Another theme we have is, I don't deserve it, Dean. Dean's guilt at being alive. That's what I had. Yeah. Precious baby boy. I had a theme of bad human, not monster. Very true. I mean, we had a monster, but they weren't doing it of their own volition. He don't know what he do. He don't know. It's not his fault. (laughs) People are going to think we're fucking weird every time we do that. Blame our mother. Hey, Kendall. Hey, Hannah. Got any more themes? No. <laughs> so, so tell me, what did you hate? There actually was not a lot for me to criticize or hate in this episode. Me too. I watched this 
more than twice, actually, just trying to take it in full and try and be critical. And literally the only thing that bothered me was when Dean discovers Sue Ann is the one chanting in the tent. Mm -hmm. Nothing out of the ordinary happens. She, the actress, turns around and she shows her necklace in an exaggerated manner. And then suddenly the cops are there and she's accusing him of being wicked. But nothing has happened. As far as anybody knows, he's trying to help her evacuate out of the tent that is supposedly on fire. It'd be better if it were actually on fire. And that's, I feel like they should have actually set it on fire. And then he could have discovered her still chanting. And he could have interrupted her to get her out of the tent so that it would make sense then. I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense why she's accusing him of being wicked. Yeah, I agree with you. Or if it was a fake call for fire, have him being accused of falsely calling out fire and then her being upset and betrayed and calling the cops on him. Like, why couldn't they have shown that? Anything to have made sense and connect the dots in the scene between Dean discovering her and her deciding Dean is wicked. Because I don't even think she... She has no reason to believe that he knows what she's doing. Right. See, if I had thought about that, that would have been my hate. But I didn't think about that. That's, that is that is literally the only thing I could find to not like about this episode. Everything else is perfect and should never be changed. I agree. The thing I put for my hate is only because it hurts my heart so much. Not that it was bad for the show or the episode. But Dean feeling guilty about being alive. Mm. Like, it just hurt my heart. <laughs> and it's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. The day Dean is just happy to be alive and be himself and doesn't feel guilty about it. Again, pop that champagne. The day Supernatural doesn't hurt my heart. <laughs> the day we get Supernatural at the beach. Okay? <laughs> yes. So, Hannah, if you had to choose just one thing to love about this episode, what would you choose to love? Good brother Sam. Sweet baby brother Sam. Yeah. Anything specifically or just in general? Well, this is the first time we see him going to great lengths for Dean, and that just warmed my heart. Mm -hmm. It's something we'll see more than once. Oh, yes. And it's it's beautiful in a way every time. Well, for me, I really enjoyed Layla's character. In the show thus far, our women have been pretty two-dimensional. And I feel like this was a time where we got a really good sense of her personality, and she was used so effectively in the story. And she wasn't impressive or super special or... A love interest. A love interest. She was just a regular girl trying to get healed and sweet and just... Sad. And quiet but assertive. I don't know. It was just she was a great use of a character. And I, I enjoyed her mom. And I enjoyed how fiercely... The mom wanted to save her daughter. Yes. I enjoyed Sue Ann and her... Tenacity. Her And her ferocity and her blind, blinded, like, doggedness and pursuing what she perceived as justice. It wasn't right. It isn't good. But it's such a good character. Yes. You know, she wasn't 
a evil person because at the end she says i'm punishing the bad people like isn't that what sam and dean do they punish the bad people the bad monsters but in her religious fervor she's lost sight of the bigger picture and what she's doing and yeah i was really glad that it wasn't roy in the end and that it was her like i thought that was a really good twist I just, okay, my love for this episode is all the women in this episode. The good women, the bad women, the in-between women. Good women in this episode. Yes. That's a rare thing we can say in this show. (laughs) I applaud. (laughs) Now, the question is, what do we have coming up next time? Next time is Season 1, Episode 13, Root. Six, six, six. (laughs) Demon car. Ghost truck. Dean is contacted by an ex-flame who asks him for help when black men in her hometown are being murdered by a driverless, racist truck. (laughs) Uh Aha. That comes to us via IMDb from Amber Brooke. What's up, girl? Thank you, Amber. You make the best summaries on IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. You're so good. You do such a good job. You don't know. <laughs> you know nothing except how to make a summary. <laughs> My memory is that I don't like this episode. Like, I think there are things to like about it. And again, I have not watched this in years. So all I can think about why I wouldn't like it is that they handle racism in a sloppy way. I don't know. I mean, you get what they were trying to do. You get what they're you're, you get what they're trying to do, but it's very suspect when it's your very first episode of prominent black characters. So of course you should address the racism in the room, right? Right. Like we can't just have an episode with a predominantly black cast and not address racism, right? It would have been great if they had addressed racism because it's systemic and a problem in our country, and most likely in the world at large, I'm not informed enough to know about that, in a subtle way, in the ways racism is so subtly in every aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. But no, you have to have the out and out be like, so there's this truck possessed by the ghost of a racist guy and just wants to kill the black people. Do you think that'll get the message across? (sighs) That racism is bad? The two things that stuck out to me the most in this episode was the mother's story and learning more about Dean in that she's the only person he told Cassie was. Interesting that this came so early on in the series. Yes. Yeah. And of course, there's the parallel between his first love is Cassie. 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 And then he meets mm-hmm. an Asian Castillo. I'm just saying the parallels. They could have chosen any freaking angel. There's a whole pantheon of angels. And they chose the Angel of Thursday. And in the early seasons, their license plate is K-A-Z, Kaz. That's a little... It's, it's a little more of a reach, but yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. I'm not looking forward to this next one, but... I'm looking forward to tearing it apart with you. <laughs> I am looking forward to talking it over with you, yes. Just, <laughs> just the watching part in the... In these whole, like, the, this whole section of, I'm going to think about what I remember about this episode. A lot of times I'm just super wrong. <laughs> so I'm interested to see if I was in any way right. Did you like Faith more than you thought you would? Yes. Yes, I told you. I told you. Well, I didn't think, 
I was going to hate it. I do want to say that Faith is an episode I have seen more than once already. Mm. I was surprised that watching through and taking notes for plot, I had very little outside thoughts. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, oh, usually yeah. there's the, oh, this is wrong, or this doesn't make sense, or haha, this is funny, or oh, they didn't notice that. I, I, I was silent. I was like, yes, this is good. Yes, this is good. Yes, this is good. Yeah, I was. I wrote down a lot of quotes from the episode. Like, I was like, man, that's a good line. Man, that's a good line. Man, that's a good line. <laughs> yeah, there's a... Apparently, this is Kripke's favorite episode of season one. And Oh, nice. I agree. I, this should have the highest ratings, ratings of the season on IMDb, not Home. This was a far better episode than Home. Oh, it absolutely was. Yeah. It might not further the plot and all that, blah, 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 blah. But this was a solid, solid episode. Except for that one fucking scene that doesn't make sense in the fucking tent that should have been set on fire. Dean accused of being a kid who cried wolf. But <sighs> hey, best episode so far, eh? Best episode so far. I agree. I think that does it for us. Yeah, we've talked the shit out of this. We've talked the shit out of this. If you would like to get in touch with me and tell me how awesome and beautiful I am, you can find me on Tumblr at Kindle Abroad or on Instagram at Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. If you would like to send me your secret love letters, I am at Jailbreak Fiends on Tumblr and Everything Overlord on Tumblr and Jailbreak Fiends on Insta. If you want to reach out to the both of us at the same time and tell us that we are the number one podcast in all the land, you can find us at sisterstalkbrothers at gmail.com. So, tune in next week for more monsters, more brothers, and more sisters. Bye! Adios, muchachas! Your favorite color. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. It's your turn, ho. No, you got section three. What? Oh, sorry. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So I gotcha. I gotcha. Thank you. We're so funny. We're so funny. Mmm, boozy pineapple. It's it's so audibly pleasing. I wonder if it shows up on my mic. No. It's it's showing up in my headphones. Yeah, it does. Deal with it, bitch. <laughs> oh shit, it's my turn again. Yeah, it is. Thank you.